Hello there. I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And ahoy, I'm Comic Book Hunter, also known as Just Hunter. And this is A Hero Story, episode number 95. Welcome. Ahoy. A Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. That includes comic book movies, comic book video games, comic book animation, comic books themselves. You name it, we probably talk about it. The podcast recently turned two years old. Hey. Happy birthday. We've been doing this uh, for two this years. Is- it's it's quite crazy to me uh when hunter messaged me and he was like oh uh the podcast is too i was like oh wow i, I didn't Surprise. even process that like wow it's been <laughs> two years already it's crazy yeah i got a reminder um, actually we, on my phone about it <laughs> we, we we've been having a blast doing it it's been like a great time i don't plan on stopping anytime soon uh you know it's it's just a good output uh outside of our accounts just to kind of talk comics it's fun um, and now we're getting into making comics, which is even more fun. It's, yeah. it's all good times here at a Hero Story Comics. Um, I I would like to thank uh, a challenger in our comment section at uh, Suthi underscore underscore uh, challenged us to remember the next ten episode numbers. Uh, he'll he will sponsor ten of our first paid comics, and uh, they can like be given out to anybody. And I'm like, you know what? That, that's a great challenge and challenge accepted. <laughs> so uh, the next 10 episodes, I will have to train Hunter as hard as we can yep. to remember the episode number. And I think we could do it. So, Suthi, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, challenge accepted. And if you're a new listener, if you don't know, we tend to, well, I guess more I tend to forget. Yeah, not, not, not we. It's, it's all Hunter. <laughs> I tend to forget the episode number a lot when I'm doing the intro of the show. So we kind of go back and forth. So I'm like, oh, hey, welcome to a hero story. This is episode... 17? And I have to jump in and say the number, <laughs> but but for the next ten episodes, we're going to be perfect, and Suthi is going to have to owe people some comics. So yeah. we're ready to go. Um, and speaking of comics, um, we recently wrapped up the uh, work on our first comic, the nine-page comic that we've talked about on the show mm-hmm. before, called Ariel. Uh, pages look beautiful. Art art by our very own Hunter, oh, and uh, I'm I'm very excited to see the lettering on it, and I'm hoping to roll it out soon. Um, it's been a lot of fun for me. I'm sure it's been a lot of fun for Hunter as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's been, it's been a blast. It's going to be free. It's going to be online. We're still kind of going through that process right now. I'm hoping it'll be out this month. Do you think it's a June comic? Uh, I, I think it should be. I mean, we have to talk to our letterer. Uh, he also has an account in Wally West Earth One on Instagram. Uh, but I think that we will be able to have the comic out this month. I mean, I'll, I'll have to talk to him, but we'll get him the pages. We'll get him lettered and then we'll get it out on Comixology. So, uh, if you don't have Comixology, definitely make an account. It's a great thing to have just it's in free. general. And our comic will be on there. Yes, it's free uh, to have an account. So mm-hmm. uh, and anyway, um, I'm glad to have wrapped up work on that. And I can't wait to get started on the next one. Um, I Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, we, it's so cool making comics. It is. I even I was working on the cover earlier. And uh, it's cool. We have like our logo that you might be looking at right now if you're looking at your screen. Of just a hero story kind of in the corner, kind of like where you'd see the Marvel logo or DC logo in a comic book. And it's nice. It's like we're kind of turning a hero story into its own little company. So it's interesting yeah. in that way where we started off as a podcast that was 30 minutes long and us talking really quickly, <laughs> trying to get through news as fast <laughs> as possible to our own kind of company. It's cool how two years we've been doing this. And although we kind of have the same formula, we started this whole podcast with, okay, we're going to talk about comics of the week and the news of the week. But We've expanded so much. We started off by talking about maybe two comics of the week to now, I mean, this week we have three comics, but <laughs> sometimes we have like 10 comics <laughs> that we talk about <laughs> or like full on yeah. events. So it's been fun. I and mean, we don't plan on stopping. Hero Story is going 
new places in the whole comic making industry but the podcast is still going to be here it's always going to be free so thank you for listening for two years yes it's it's just get it's just going to be getting bigger so we're glad to have you on board mm-hmm. uh now getting into this episode uh we asked you to ask us some questions because of our two year we figured let's do a little q a we like those it's fun and uh yeah let's get right into the questions and i have a great one for us to start uh it's from our friend comics uh comic king who will be on the podcast soon. We're not sure when. It might be next episode. Who knows? But he will be on the podcast soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he asks a very interesting question. He says, uh, how has doing the podcast together uh, changed your perception of comics as a whole? So for me, I feel like my mind has always kind of shifted on comics. Like when I was a newer reader, it was kind of just like, oh, cool words and cool pictures. Like, you know, <laughs> cool oh, words. Cool. And, and, and then it was like actually like appreciating like the little things of comics, like as I, uh, you know, came to see kind of the process of making it like, you know, anchors and colorists and letterers, like how they can make or break a comic. And uh, it's definitely like, you know, breaking down each issue for reviews. You know, I used to only review Flash comics. So breaking down each issue for reviews has really opened my eyes to the comic creating process and uh, just how much work goes into it and made me appreciate the whole process a whole heck of a lot more. Yeah, no, it makes sense for sure. I guess before this podcast, I read them as a fan and a critic. I mean, everyone kind of does. But when we first started this podcast, Doomsday Clock was kind of in the first stages of going on. So it, just to give you an idea of where comics were at the time. And I guess now I read them more so as a critic. I'm still like a huge fan and everything, but I, I see the work and I see how much work is put in there. And I also read it a lot faster. I used to get like eight comics a week and read them throughout the week. But now I read them as soon as I get it. I get my comics that come home and I read them right away. And I actually prefer that getting through it fast because as someone who runs a Instagram fan account, I got spoiled a lot for comics yep. that came out. Yeah, Flash War. Oh, man. Yeah, Flash War is not fun. <laughs> but yeah, uh, from this podcast, I think I've gotten to know more about the making of comics rather than the stories of them, which is nice, especially since we started making our own comic books. I'm the artist on these, and I'm watching Francis Monopoly's YouTube channel, who did art on The Flash and 52 I think that's what he's most known for. And I've been looking at even classic art. I've been reading Frank Miller's Daredevil, and I, I think Frank Miller does really good shadows, especially when it's on bodies. So I've been looking at a lot of that when doing things on suits, as well as like the Dixon Nightwing era. I like how his, although Nightwing's suit is mostly black, you can see bits of shines of kind of like a deep purple to it instead of a pure white, mm-hmm. and that makes the suit kind of blend into the shadows a bit more. So, this yeah. a hero story in general, not just the podcast, just a hero story in general has made me appreciate comics a lot more than what I previously did. And I love them back then, and I do today. So, yeah. deep question to start off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a deep one, and it's like, uh, yeah, we really just... Uh, taking the full the full uh, fledge into comics of like wow this is awesome <laughs> yeah no kidding I mean comics are great it's the reason why we started this account of a hero story it's the reason why we're continuing this is a comic book account so we will continue going forward with that so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> less of a deep question right. that I got from Nacho underscore Marano uh, which or he says which DC character that needs more attention worded a little weird there but basically what is a dc character that you think needs way more attention than what they're getting right now what do you think oh int- oh interesting um 
I think I'd kind of throw it out to more of the villain side. I've always thought that uh, Ocean Master could easily hold a solo series. Absolutely. So I'm going to go with Ocean Master. I think he could use more attention. I mean, I really liked him in this week's Aquaman issue, which we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, I, I think Ocean Master could like l- just be a solo character outside of Aquaman. There's like a lot of depth to that character. Not a lot of villains get their own solo series. Usually you kind of have to be more of an anti-hero for readers to root to them, which makes sense. Which is why, I mean, as far as popular villain series goes, we have Deathstroke and Venom. So Ocean Master, if you read... Oh yeah, of course you did. We reviewed it on the podcast, the Mura miniseries from about... It, it, it was ago. basically an Ocean Master miniseries. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Although Mura was the main character, the whole series focused on Ocean Master. So I, I agree with that for sure. For me, I would say Simon Bass, Green Lantern. Who is definitely forgotten? <laughs> Where is he right now, DC? He appears in the background of events here and there, but I mean, Simon Baz <laughs> had a solo series in a way. Green Lanterns, where it was like a buddy cop uh, comic with him and Jessica Cruz. Jessica Cruz is doing so good right now in Odyssey, but Simon, where is he? <laughs> DC kind of forgot about him, and I kind of want him. I mean, Sam Humphreys, who wrote Green Lanterns, did a lot of cool things with Simon that I don't think we'll ever see again. He had something called Emerald Sight, where he could see the future. He could cure people's wounds, but he didn't know how. And I guess we will never find out if he does. It's kind of disappointing that way. I mean, maybe it depends on the writer that picks up wherever Simon Baz is going next. But give him something <laughs> to do. So yeah, that, that's my I choice. agree. All right. Uh, I would also question? throw out. Um, well, well, just real quick. I, I would also throw out Kyle Rayner if we're gonna go uh, some lanterns because it's just weird that like he kind of fell off the face of the earth after you know being the main Green Lantern and all that, and then it's kind of just like where'd he go in the background sometimes. I mean, for a while he was Space Jesus as a White Lantern, which, which you know at least that's something else. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's another one who could easily hold a solo book or be on a team book. I don't know. I just need, he needs something. A lot of those you know legacy characters do, but. Yeah, Kyle's definitely one. Yeah, especially popular ones like Kyle. I mean, Simon, I, I say Simon because he's fairly new and he had a lot of potential. Kyle's already popular. Guy Gardner, he's not that popular, so I think I'm okay with him being to the sidelines here and there and disappearing when he needs to. But Kyle and Simon need to be doing something right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Got a question? Yeah. Um. So, this one's actually about the Green Lantern movie. Um. He asked why uh, B B Woosley eight says uh, why why do you not like the Green Lantern movie? So right off the bat, he's assuming that we do not like the Green Lantern movie, <laughs> which is a fair assumption. I mean, I I don't think I've seen too many people talk about the Green Lantern movie being good. Um, it's it's not good. I think that it, as a movie, it could be considered okay if you didn't know comic books. But if you know comic books, you're just like why why is the villain like a fart cloud and why is yeah. <laughs> the, suit, the suit look so CGI-ish and why are we wasting Sinestro? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've always said that movie, it's not like the worst. Like, I, I don't think it's Catwoman bad. I don't think it's Batman and Robin bad. Like, it usually gets lumped in with those. I don't think it's quite that bad. Um, I, I think that Mark Strong's Sinestro definitely carries that movie. Yeah, definitely. He, he's great as Sinestro. And I, I don't think Ryan Reynolds is horrible as Hal Jordan. I think he has some kind of young Hal characteristics. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But That makes sense. And I, and I thought Kill- Kilowog was done pretty good. But yeah, the villain was really poor. And it just felt like there's so much great Green Lantern mythology in, in the first movie. They just didn't do enough with it. So I think if it got I, a sequel, I think that was, it you know. Good. 
Yeah, the I was waiting for the sequel with Sinestro, but never happened. I haven't. But seen I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's like the worst. Yeah, I, no, I haven't seen I it in years either. So maybe maybe I'm way off. But I don't think it's the worst. Like I feel like, like if I rewatch I, it, I, I don't think it's it. comparable to Elektra or Catwoman or you know those horrible Batman and Robin. Well, like the ones that like, yeah. watch it make you cringe. <laughs> but even like there's older movies that I'm like when I think about, it, I'm like, oh god, that wasn't good. But Honestly, looking back, if I rewatch it, they're definitely they're definitely not amazing. Like I'm talking like Fantastic Four or Fantastic Four Two. Yeah. Uh, I in my head, I'm thinking those movies are bad because the internet says they're bad. But when I rewatch it, I'm like, you know what? That's enjoyable. It's not that bad. It's very cheesy, but it's not that bad. And I even say the same yeah. to like Ben Affleck's Daredevil. It's not the worst. It's a little weird with all the yeah. flips, but it's not the worst. But but that's that's another one. Like if you don't know the Daredevil mythology, it's not terrible. You know, yeah. if you don't know the Daredevil Netflix show, it's not terrible. But once you know the mythology and once you know like you know the show, it's like yeah, this is not that great. Yeah, I mean, I rewatched Ben Affleck's Daredevil around the time where season two of Daredevil was coming out. So in my head, I was just like, I remember this movie being bad, and it's gonna be so it's gonna be terrible because I just watched season one of Daredevil. And when I watched it, I didn't mind it. I mean, I, the whole time I was like, this is so bad. But in the end, I was entertained, even though some of the jokes are yeah. so bad. Oh, they make like Matt Murdock yeah. a very big player. And he's just like, I don't need eyes to know how beautiful you are. It's like, OK. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange movie. But yeah, anyways, Green Lantern, I don't think it's bad, but I haven't seen it in a while. It's not horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Rob underscore Ambriz asks, what are favorite comics from each main member of the Justice League are? It's kind of a long question, so I guess we'll just rapid fire. First thing you think of, what's your favorite Batman comic that you can think of right now? Uh, uh, year one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say year one as well. Uh, Superman. Uh, Secret Identity. Uh, I would say Son of Superman. I love this story too much. Um, Wonder Woman. Um, I really only read Rebirth, so I don't know. I feel like I don't have a great answer to that. I would say Wonder Woman Year One. I like Wonder Woman Year One. That, that, that's fair. Which is also Rebirth, but I think it's really well done. Uh, Flash. Blitz. Yeah, Blitz. Same. Flash Blitz. Green Lantern. Uh, Blackest Night. I was going to say either Rebirth, like 09 Rebirth, or Blackest Night. Yeah. Or even like the, I really like the Zod story and how it pals. I don't remember the title. Off the top Z- of my Zod's head. Will, I think. Zod's Will, yeah. That one was cool. I like that one a lot. Uh, Aquaman. Uh, the, the Throne of Atlantis. Yeah, I'd say Trench or Throne of Atlantis. Oh, I, I would also put Trench up there. They're neck and neck for me. Yeah. And I guess Cyborg, <laughs> if you can think of one. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know I do you not mean. have a Cyborg story to mind. <laughs> uh, I like the Cyborg story called Variant. It's in Rebirth. I'm the only person in the world who read Cyborg Rebirth. <laughs> but <laughs> Variant was a cool story. I wish it continued, actually. And Martian Manhunter, I guess. Um, there's a Martian Manhunter book I have that's pretty cool. I think it's called Son of Mars. I don't think I've ever read a solo Martian Manhunter story, so I can't really comment on that. But if you have recommendations, let me know. Martian Manhunter stories. I, I'm, I've been getting into characters that I haven't read recently. I've been looking for Punisher comics, actually. I was at a oh, bookstore today, and sorry, going sidetrack here, but it's it's a pretty interesting story. I was at a bookstore today, <laughs> and I remember hearing about a really good Punisher comic called Punisher Max, and so I was looking for it. I I remember the writer of its last name was Ellis, so I was like, I was looking for Punisher by Ellis, and I found it. I found Marvel Knights Punisher by Ellis 
forget his first name. Is it Warren? Is it Warren? Is it Warren oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, Warren Ellis. The Moon Knight guy, right? Yeah, Moon Knight guy. <laughs> I have his Moon Knight book coming in. But uh, yeah, so I found it. Oh, you I... bought it? Oh, you didn't tell me you bought it. Well, I found... Oh, wait, are you talking about Moon Knight or... Yeah, Moon Knight. Oh yeah, yeah, I ordered that like <laughs> a while ago. Oh, you didn't when, you didn't tell me about that. I actually ordered it when the virus kind of first started and everyone was quarantined, and I was like, "Oh, I need something to do. I'll buy this Moon Knight book." And it's it's still not here, but you know, it'll be here one day. Yeah, it looks so good. By the way, the Warren Ellis Moon yeah. Knight, it looks so good. So I ordered that. But anyways, I was at the store looking for Punisher, and I got in line with a uh, Marvel Knights Punisher by Warren Ellis, and I was kind of looking. I'm like, "Wait, is this the right book?" So I googled it. Warren Ellis has done four different Punisher runs, like separately oh. from each other. So <laughs> that wasn't the right one I was looking for. So I put it back and they didn't actually have Punisher Max. But yeah, it's just interesting how this guy did four different runs all separately. It's not like uh, different arcs or different runs entirely, different years and everything. So it's cool how Warren Ellis was kept being asked to come back to Punisher. So I yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, I, um, I on free comic book day my comic book shop has this like cool raffle where essentially it's like um you put in i think it's two bucks and then you pull a ticket out of the thing and they have like a whole like uh kind of like a bingo card type like big board thing of like com uh comics that you could win or like uh, oh, little like, prizes like you win bag and board you win a 20 dollar gift card you win you know uh cardboard awesome. cutout like something like that Right. So you put in two dollars, you know, you see what you get. So I was like, all right, you know, whatever. I was waiting online at free comic book day. It was like a 10 minute wait or so. So I was like, all right, I'll put in my two bucks. You know, I got two singles. So I, I put it in and uh, I pulled a ticket. And uh, the, the one next to the one I got was Punisher War Journal, which I really wanted to read. Uh, I heard that's a pretty good story about like Punisher's war days. So I was like, oh, man, I ended up with like a Captain Marvel cardboard cutout. It's like six inches big. <laughs> not, not, not a great prize, but, you know, Do you still have it. I and uh, I I always said that I, I've wanted to do a history of the Flash giveaway for a while and I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. But since I hit 60k, I should definitely do it soon. But uh, if I do a giveaway, it will definitely include the Captain Marvel cardboard Captain cutout Marvel. that's six inches big because I have no interest in keeping. It. <laughs> so maybe I can go to a new home. A new home. <laughs> yeah, Captain Marvel fans, please take it off his hands. <laughs> of course. My, my store doesn't really do much for free comic book day. I mean, music plays in the store and there's free donuts. And I mean, one year they did like a are little they, Are trivia. they Tim Horton donuts? Uh, they're not. They're from Safeway. I don't know if Safeway's in America. Probably not. I, I've never been to a Safeway. I, I feel like I've heard of it. It's like a gas station type place, right? <laughs> it's a grocery store. So uh, Okay, then I'm, then I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, they make really like, good baked like. donuts. So that, that's what's there available. Tim Horton's donuts are superior of course as a of Canadian. course but yeah, i mean they're just safe way but yeah we just have music playing i haven't actually been to any other comic book store on free comic book day besides my local store which is very small maybe the next time one happens i'll have to go to another store yeah if you, if you go to like a big shop they usually have like a big event but then there's a huge crowd there as well but like i went to the first one i ever went to was the one at my uh shop at school which is pretty big and i was like shocked first of all how many people were there like i got there like 10 minutes early before they opened and there was a line like wrapping around the building i was like what the <laughs> um but Jeez. but yeah it was it was pretty cool like the raffle was cool they were playing like music and stuff a lot of free issues actually funny story uh one of the issues that i got there I got there last year um, is worth like 60 bucks now. It's a manga issue. It's the free comic book day version of One Punch Man and My Hero Academia. It's the first appearance of someone. I think it's from One Punch Man. 
and okay. yeah, it's the first pair of the comics, so it's worth huh. like sixty five bucks, and I got it for free. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That is cool. Are you gonna sell it or keep it? I I probably will sell it in my pursuit to get Flash one ten, just because I don't really have an interest in manga, oh, so yeah. having the first appearance doesn't really you know affect me. But um, maybe somebody could have it that wants it. Yeah, I mean, you can sell it and then buy Flash like today. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta get on that. Um, next, yep. <laughs> next question. This is from Hunty Bear. Uh, can we expect a 100 hour 100th episode of the podcast? Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're twenty. We're twenty minutes into our 100 hour stream. Uh, I I don't quite think we're gonna make it to 100 hours. I don't even think we're gonna make it to 100 minutes. Uh, I mean, but you know, well, for the hundredth we'll episode, see. I'm sure we'll get past 100 minutes. But I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we don't really have a plan for that, do we? I mean, we're we, we do not have a plan. If you if there's something you want to hundredth episode, message us on a hero story. If you got any ideas of cool stuff to do, because uh, we are tapped out of ideas. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we will think of something. I can think of a few things right now. But as far as like guests goes. For like DC Marvel guests, sometimes those can be very unpredictable. Like Joshua Williamson, when we got him on, it was like, okay, in three weeks we're interviewing him. Well, like I think it was Scott Collins was like, all right, in two hours, <laughs> or like in a few days, yeah, we're pretty much. It was very, very sudden. Like, all right, what are we doing this episode? Yeah. Oh, we can talk about the Hulk. Okay, well Scott Collins wants to come on, so maybe we should do that. <laughs> so I mean, some some of these things are very planned out ahead, while some of them are last minute. So. It's hard to plan a guess for a specific numbered episode, but we'll do something for the hundredth yeah. episode. I'm sure we'll do something fun. Yeah. Uh, you got a question? Um, yeah, I got a question uh, from Shredded underscore DT one, and he says, uh, "Other than the Flash, uh, he knows my weakness. Other than the Flash, if you could write for DC or Marvel, which character would it be?" For, for me, I've always wanted to write Nightwing, but I don't think I could write a long Nightwing series. I, I think the thing about Nightwing is like. You know, the modern Nightwing hasn't, you know, really reached the heights that the 90s Nightwing ever did during the Dixon run or whatever. So I I feel like you kind of have to go in knowing you're not going to be on the book that long, if that makes sense. So, like, if I could do, like, a mini series or, like, a maxi series, I think I could rock it out. But I don't know if I would be able to do an ongoing. Yeah, that's fair. I think for me, it would be, I mean, the obvious would be Batman and Superman. I think I know enough about both characters and other personality to end up getting a good story down. If it was Batman, I'd like to do like a really dark new villain. Superman, I'd do a hopeful story. But for an entire run, if I'm on for like 50 plus issues, I think I would pick Aquaman. I think oh, he has a good cast you, you of got, you got enough, Do you think you have enough Aquaman ideas? I have a lot of Aquaman ideas, though. And that comes from me being like a really big fan of fantasy. I think Aquaman's world yeah. is like a mix of fantasy and modern. So, well, well, I remember your idea for the Wonder Woman and Aquaman crossover. That sounded very interesting and something that would yeah. still be cool to see. I mean, like, we always see Batman and Superman stories, but I would love a Wonder Woman Aquaman story where they're just fighting, yeah. like, mythical creatures and stuff. And they kind of yeah. have a rivalry in the Justice League comics recently, which I find is so strange because I feel like they relate a lot <laughs> to each other. So, yeah, yeah, that was that weird, like, when they were admitting their, uh, their like, guilt and all that. And he's like, you always judge me. And it's like, what? <laughs> I feel like Aquaman and Wonder Woman work so well together that it's strange how yeah. writers recently are trying to give him a rival. But, I mean, I would yeah. love to write an Aquaman Wonder Woman series, but if I had to pick one between the two, it would be Aquaman, just because I feel like I know his villains a lot better. I mean, Black Manta's mm-hmm. my favorite villain ever. I love Ocean Master. I even love his weird villains, like Crab and Shaggy Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like those guys, so I feel like I could write a decent Aquaman 
run in general. Yeah. So yeah, that's my answer yeah, to that question. question. Um, All right. This uh, question from. Okay, I got this. Suarex. I'm gonna say Suarex. How do you see the comic industry looking like post COVID nineteen? Will there be any changes at all? I mean, we kind of already have a strange change right now of uh, comics slowly coming back, but there's supposed to be a huge comic coming out on Free Comic Book Day, which is the first Saturday of May that ended up not coming out, called uh, DC Generation Zero. It was supposed to set up the next bit of DC Comics, really. And we never got that issue. So I don't really know what's going to happen. I feel like comics are going to come out as usual. The only difference is the big Generation Zero book might not even come out I feel like. yeah well so I, i'm wondering if this issue is scrapped and all the generation issues are scrapped now the 5g appears to be scrapped because like what would be the point of, like if you're not building up to the fifth generation yeah but so... but you still have wally in the mobius chair like i feel like they're kind of just gonna like uh turn on that and just make it more into metal too as opposed to making it 5g-esque so i'm not i'm not really sure what's gonna happen with that but i, I think that uh post covid i think comic books I mean, at least for a little bit, I think that, you know, they're going to slow down on the books. So, like, Marvel's been doing, like, five books a week. Now, if you remember, Marvel was kind of getting out of hand with number ones for a while. And they were putting out, like, 60 books a week with, like, reprints and everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it, it's cool to have so many comics per week. But it's also tough for shops to carry 60 different books and trying to sell all those, especially for small shops that can't really afford to have every issue. So yeah, um, I, I think that we could end up seeing, at least for a little bit, uh, less comics per week. Uh, maybe not five, because you know Marvel wouldn't be making as much money. But I think you know we could see half of what we were seeing uh, pre-COVID. Yeah, exactly. And I do appreciate Marvel kind of giving these lesser-known characters a little chance to get a series. But... The, 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 the best-selling Gwen Stacy miniseries? Yeah. Somehow? Somehow they do sell, but some of them don't. Like uh, Shuri, Black Panther's sister, she got a miniseries, and I don't hear anything about it anymore. So yeah, I, I did not hear one thing about that once it came out. Yeah, so it's... I feel like COVID-19 won't affect it too much. All it really did was delay these comics, but in the end, I feel like a lot of changes were made to DC. But Marvel, their event, Empire, hasn't didn't even start yet. It still hasn't started. Yeah. So I feel like that would just kind of push that that event back a bit. And Metal wasn't even out yet either. Or Death Metal, sorry. So I feel like if this happened during events and all these tie-ins, we might have gotten a few changes. But the fact that we didn't means I feel like DC's future might have changed a bit. But in the end, the comics are still coming out. So Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I have a question that I thought about recently that I'm just going to kind of put myself in here. If death metal ends with like the world ending, like Dark Apocalypse style, who would you want the few surviving heroes to be? Say you like five heroes survive and they gotta do something to fix it. Like BVS Nightmare Dream style. Who which five characters would you want to form a team together? Wally West, okay. Dick Grayson, Donna Troy, Jessica Cruz, and Kyle Rayner. Would you have any twists on them? Like, would Wally be in the chair? Uh, Wally would be Mobius, so he wouldn't really be connected to them. He's kind of, like, watching over them. Okay, yeah. So I'm the same way with that. I would want Mo- Wally in the Mobius chair. And my other ones would be Batman, uh, Simon Bass, but as a Red Lantern, because he's so angry. Ooh. I would want a Billy Batson in a coma where they're trying to wake him up so he could become Shazam. 
And uh, that's actually wait, that, wait, wait. Shazam in a coma actually sounds like a very interesting story. Yeah, but he's Billy, and they need him. <laughs> yeah, no matter he's yeah, he's Billy, and they want him to turn into Shazam. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah, I would want and a uh, cyborg with missing parts to him. So maybe like a cyborg with a missing arm, or a cyborg kind, with a kind of like leg. how he was in uh, the animated movie where he was kind of like just the body. Kind of. I still want him to move. I would probably want him to be able to move and fight still. Just he's a bit less. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want him just to be, like, stuck on a wall. <laughs> yeah. I would I want him to be, like, maybe his tech isn't working that well. He's missing an arm and he has to, he's on, a, like, a limp because his legs are maybe uneven because they're kind of built from scrap that maybe Bruce helped make. But I would want them all in, like, oh, BVS nightmare style clothing. Like, apocalypse yeah, in a desert kind of thing. But yeah, I thought of this yesterday when I was trying to fall asleep. I'm like, damn, unconscious Billy Batson. The best time for story ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking like maybe they're walking through a desert, like looking for water, if anything. Uh, Bruce is kind of keeping everyone in check. Simon can't fly. His ring is kind of glitching out, but he can make constructs. So he's using a construct to carry the unconscious Billy Batson. Because, uh, you know, Red Lantern rings are kind of weird. They work a little differently. So he's still trying to control it. Kind of like stuff. Jessica at the start when she became a Green Lantern, how she couldn't really control the ring yet. I want that to happen to Simon, but instead of being able to fly and not do constructs, he can, f- he can do constructs, but he can't fly. So everyone's kind of walking through the desert, and the whole time Wally is above them, just watching. And I want like a scene, maybe at night by a fire, where maybe Victor Cyborg, he freaks out and starts yelling at Wally from the sky, like, what do you want? We need help here. Why won't you help us? And Wally just... Manhattan his way into dialogue or something. Do you do you do you think Wally on the Mobius chair should kind of have the Manhattan type attitude? Because I've I've always thought the idea of a Flash who like like I've I've had the story idea for a few years that it would have to be like some kind of like Elseworld or something that a Flash who's becoming so fast kind kind of like a uh, concept of Kingdom Come but not exactly where it's like uh, he starts to kind of lose his humanity kind okay. of like Manhattan style. Where like he he just starts to care less and less about humanity as he gains more and more speed, and he just becomes like more rigid because of it. Like, do you think that's how Wally would be with the Mobius chair? Should he like absorb the kind of Manhattan personality? I think so, but I think there will be a bit of actual Wally in there giving him mm-hmm. hope. Like, I can imagine a scene where he's very Manhattan and thinking about the purpose of everyone in the universe and everything, but every once in a while, maybe his finger will twitch and we'll see a spark of lightning as if the Wally on the inside is trying to stand up Ah, kind of thing and try to get to his regular life. But I think for a bit, we'll see Wally Manhattan. But, you know, in Dark Side War, how, when Batman was on the chair, it took Hal Jordan's ring to get him off. I could see yeah. that happening, but... Well, he doesn't need a ring. He just needs his own willpower, and he, maybe he's just trying to get off. And that's why occasionally you'll see like maybe his foot twitch and a spark of lightning of him like trying to stand up. I think that'd yeah. be cool. Huh? Yeah, that'd be interesting. We should write. Yeah, I'm, I'm so curious how they're gonna kind of play that out, like for him on the Mobius chair, because like there's a lot of potential, but there's also like you have to tread lightly anytime you kind of use Manhattan or any Watchmen properties. So, mm-hmm. like we don't really know much what's gonna happen in Death Metal here, so. He is going to be used in that. I feel like he could stand up from that, but I kind of feel like I kind of don't want him to. Like, I want Wally back, of course, mm-hmm. but I think for the event, he should stay on the chair. And maybe after this mm-hmm. event, will spawn a new type of DC status quo. I mean, remember how Metal was called Dark Knight's Metal? And then this is called yeah. Death Metal? After this, there should just be one called Dark Knight's, 
Not like the K in the Knights, just Dark Knight. And yeah. it's the apocalyptic world that we're thinking of right now. And that should be yeah, the story that Wally stands. So that's why it's like metal kind of has a trinity in a way. I don't like metal, mm-hmm. but I think the idea of it can have potential. The idea of the apocalyptic event, not the, this is Batman, but also a building <laughs> kind of oh, thing. God. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not too excited about that, but I like the idea of like, end of the world kind of thing because death metal is going to yeah. tie in perpetua and Batman laughs and other things too <laughs> so. it'll probably lead to another sequel because snyder can't finish anything mm-hmm. so if it is another sequel at least make that sequel the finale make it a trinity yes and then we'll see a bunch of trades collecting them all <laughs> omnibuses pretty much so An omnibus yeah yeah that was my question that i kind of fit in there that that made us go off do you have any other questions that you want to talk about uh that, that was pretty much the uh bulk of my questions right there um and i think we got a pretty good section of the podcast dedicated to the questions so yeah sure thank you for your questions and thank you for supporting us for the last two years or whenever you came along we're very thankful to have you along and uh let's get right into the rest of the show uh, if you want to skip ahead to go to the comics of the week timestamps will of course be in the description as always um but yeah, we're gonna start with the news of the week. Hunter, bring us the news of the week. Oh, okay. Uh, the Eisners are happening. So if you don't know what the Eisners is, it's basically the Oscars for comic books. It's the biggest comic book awards. Usually, Tom King wins them all. But uh, basically, the Eisners are happening. I think within a month, or is it this month? Do you remember it's... when they? Oh, put you on uh, the I don't spot. actually remember when they actually <laughs> called them. But the, but the nominees just came out. Yeah, so we're here to talk about the nominees. Specifically, a few books that we read and you might read as well. So you want to start yeah, so, listening so off tip, some things? So, yeah, so typically right. the Eisners, like back in the day, I feel like they were a little bit more like centric to, you know, the big two. But now it's kind of like, it's a lot of like third indie, third party indie comics, like, uh, you know, from different publishers as opposed to DC and Marvel. Now it's almost like more rare if you see a DC and Marvel book, especially like a superhero book. Uh, but it just shows that when a superhero book is so special that it still gets nominated. So um, for best ongoing series, we got two Marvel series and one uh, DC series. So the two Marvel series are Marvel's arguably most two popular series, uh, Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky, which we read, and The Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing, which I've read uh, the first five trades of. Um I really hope Daredevil wins, and I think it really deserves it. Uh, the the book has truly been something special, and it's had so many great issues. And I can't wait till it comes out again. Uh, you remember we're supposed we're still supposed to get that annual. Remember where he's wearing like the yellow boxing outfit? Oh, we are. What? Yeah. Do you remember like the Daredevil? It's like a it's like a one shot special that's going to set up like the next year of Dev- Daredevil. Oh right, Jesus! It was supposed to come out like around now, but but it got pushed back because of COVID. I totally forgot about that. Well, we're getting issue uh, twenty, the next issue first, right? Do you know? Yeah, I think I think we still have a, a few regular issues first, but it's coming soon. And it's going to set up like Ch- I think Chip said, like you know what we've seen so far is just the tip of the iceberg. Like there's still way more to come to Daredevil. So which kind of uh, makes very sense. very excited for that. I mean, a lot has happened, but at the same time, not too much has happened in this book right now. I mean, for the most part, of this book he it's Matt Murdock. It's not Daredevil, which is awesome. <laughs> like it's not like yeah. oh it's a lawyer book no like it's he's putting on like the the classic well not so classic more of the, like the tv style like bandana around the head or scarf or shirt just to hide his identity but he hasn't been daredevil until next issue so it feels like daredevil story yeah. is just beginning here so 
I'm so glad he's not yeah, the book. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff for that. But anyway, he's nominated for the uh, Best Ongoing, along with Al Ewing's uh, Immortal Hulk. Um, as for Immortal Hulk, I might get a little bit of flack for this. I don't know. I didn't think it was that great. I mean, it's definitely enjoyable, but I don't know. I, I would like based on everyone's like you know ten out of ten recommendation. I thought it was going to be like you know one of the best books I ever read. I thought it was enjoyable, but I don't know. I, I think it's kind of getting overhyped. But you know, I've, I've only read the first twenty five issues, so there's still more of it to judge. But I don't know. The first twenty five didn't really grab me too much. Are so, you going to continue? Uh, and then uh, I would probably continue just because like I don't know. It gets hyped up so much, so okay. I feel like I got to find out. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then uh, the DC series that got nominated is uh, The Dreaming, which is uh, part of the Sandman universe. Uh, my mom actually reads that. I, I don't, but I plan to. I have all 20 issues that I gave to my mom, so I could read them and uh, see what it's all about. Uh, she really enjoys it. So, Okay. Yeah, I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, for Best Cover Artist, the cover artist of Daredevil got nominated, which is uh, very... Uh, greatly deserved. His cover art has been fantastic for Daredevil. Super unique covers. Like, there's some covers that when yeah. you show Daredevil, it's just like a bloodied hand in on like a coffee table or something like that. It's yeah. really well done. Um, and and there's also uh, best writer Chip Zdarsky got nominated for uh, Daredevil and Spider-Man Life Story, which I have not read Life Story yet. I really want to read it though. I've read the first two issues. I issue three sold out so fast, so I decided that. Either look for issue three before continuing or just get it all in trade. But the first two issues are awesome. It goes over Spider-Man's... What if Spider-Man was in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s? It's just continuing on, like kind of modernizing, but at the same time going back to the past. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Are those all the nominations that you want to make? Yeah, well, well, that's pretty much it for uh, DC and Marvel. Uh, Other than that, it's mostly just like uh, third-party or indie books. So, uh, really cool for Chip Zdarsky. I hope he wins. Uh, Definitely deserves it. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to hear about the Eisners. No Tom King nominations, which I was shocked just because I know he hasn't written that much this year, but you know, I was expecting uh, something, but I can almost guarantee you he'll be back next year with Strange Adventures. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, he only really did City of Bane, uh, Batman, this year, but like last year, he won for Mr. Miracle. The year before that was Swamp Thing. The year before that, it was Vision. So he, he tends to win with this mini stuff. And with Strange yeah. Adventures coming out. And even Batman Catwoman. And, and back at. Yeah, yeah, Batman Catwoman, he could win something for sure there. Um, Kind of keeping on the Daredevil train, but going over to live action. Uh, This is not necessarily news. It's just something that's been brought up recently in the whole superhero community. A lot of people are talking about it again. So I thought we could talk about it here real quick. Marvel Studios will get the rights to all the characters in the Defenders, including Punisher, in November. Which means, basically, it's been two years since their shows were cancelled, and they could officially use those characters on screen in movies or TV shows again. We don't know if this means that we're going to get, like, Daredevil Season 4, Defenders Season 2, Punisher Season 3, etc., etc. It just basically means they could use the characters. For all we know, Marvel could recast these characters or yeah i was about to say i feel like a recast is coming unfortunately or they could even completely ignore them we got the rights back to daredevil we're not going to do anything with them that that is true but it just kind of the fact that it's november it's so soon makes a lot of people are are saying save daredevil which is the hashtag that's been going around for the past two years trying to bring the show back uh charlie cox who plays daredevil has been a huge supporter of it and even i forget his name vincent something the guy who plays kingpin has also been a huge yeah. supporter of Save Daredevil. 
And so they're both really gunning for it. Uh, Charlie Cox has came on and said that he doesn't think season four will happen, but he could see Marvel doing something else with Daredevil. I mean, there was those rumors a while yeah, back I'm... of him appearing in Spider-Man 3. But so. but he also squashed those and said that he has not been approached about Spider-Man. Yeah, so unfortunately. Uh, the actor plays Kingpin has even gone on saying like he would play Kingpin in anything. It was one of the best roles he's ever played, and he really wants to be back. It would really suck if these characters got recasted, especially even, I know, I think Daredevil seems to be the most popular show, but I feel like a majority of just people in general really love Punisher. And yeah. it would suck if Punisher got recasted too as a completely different guy. Yeah, well, well, well I, w- I would say that Marvel has their work cut out for them. I mean, despite having the most successful franchise in all of movies, they might have to do a ton of recastings of already beloved casts, you know, for X-Men replacing McAvoy and, oh, yeah. uh, and Fassbender as Magneto and, uh, and Professor X replacing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Uh, you know, there's so many big pieces to replace. And then, you know, if you're replacing Daredevil and Kingpin and all these guys, like beloved, beloved cast being recast, I mean, that would be absolutely nuts. It would. Yeah. I mean, for X-Men characters, I kind of understand, but, Defenders? I mean, I feel like those were already set in the Marvel Universe. I don't feel like. I know for a fact that they were. You see references here they and there. They were, but like at the same time, like I don't know. If they don't appear, I don't buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, I feel like they're afraid to say the names all the time. The big oh, green definitely. guy. Uh, the one in the tin suit. Luke Cage even called Captain America the guy with the flag. What? <laughs> but in the background of uh, in Daredevil, when Karen's at like the the newspaper company you see newspapers in the background of events from avengers and age of ultron and iron man 3 so these events did happen and it is in the same universe but yeah but i feel like it's just like so loosely in the same universe that it's, like, it is so, so from a from a fan don't recast but from a marketing point of view i mean i went to school for marketing in a way uh i understand in a way the recast because you want daredevils appear in a movie and you kind of want to introduce this to audience. Not everybody has seen Daredevil. And it's not like yeah. you could be like, okay, everyone, Daredevil's going to be in the Spider-Man movie. Everyone go watch it. And hey, kids, yeah. go watch Daredevil because he's going to be in Spider-Man. Because <laughs> Daredevil's a dark yeah, show. Exactly. It's very bloody. So I understand in a way the I'm recasting. And, that, and that's the other thing. I, I feel like those characters don't fit in the universe. They don't fit the same you know, themes. Style. They don't fit the same you know, genre almost. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, if Daredevil season four happened, I feel like it won't be as dark, which is a shame because Bullseye was set to be the villain of season four. Like the main, yeah, main but, but but yeah, like I don't know, w- would it even feel right to get Charlie Cox back as Daredevil, and then it's like so like MCU, you know, lighthearted yeah. and comedical, like like I mean, it just wouldn't have the same vibes. I would be okay if it's the same vibes as say Winter Soldier, but sure, yeah, I don't great. want it turned into Daredevil Ragnarok. At all? Oh god, that's, oh, a god. Fear. <laughs> that's a fear. Yeah, that, that, that. Yeah, sigh. I was a boy. Throws a ball against the wall, gets hit by it. Yep. Don't do this. <laughs> so, I mean, in the end, yeah. if it's Darede- if Charlie Cox Daredevil's back, but he's going to get the Ragnarok treatment, don't bother. But if he's yeah. back and gets more of a serious vibe, I mean, in the end, Daredevil's a serious character, so you kind of have to give him a serious vibe. He doesn't make quips in the comics that often, so. Unless it's more like yeah. the Batman style quips where it's just smirks here and there. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the Defenders news. Uh, last bit yeah. of news, continue with live action, is 
WandaVision, TV show coming out soon on Disney Plus, has casted. I didn't write down his name and I forget it for some reason. Evan Peters. This. Evan Peters. Yeah, thank you. Uh, in a mysterious role that is not being said, but he will be in the show. Uh, Evan Peters is well known for playing Quicksilver in the X Men movies. Quicksilver was also heavily rumored to be in WandaVision, making an appearance. Could this be the start of the multiverse? Probably not. He's probably going to play like just some guy, like the neighbor. But <laughs> yeah, I, I ultimately feel like he's just playing some guy and he just happened to have played Quicksilver, but it's definitely started up some fan art, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fan art's always nice, but <laughs> I don't think he's going to. Um, well, if Quicksilver were happening, I mentioned to this you this before we start recording if quicksilver were to happen in the show i could feel a multiverse happening because it's wandavision if he was casted in falcon the winter soldier i would think nothing of it but it's wandavision yeah. it's gonna be a weird show it's gonna be trippy it's gonna be magical so if he was cast in this or dr strange too i could see it happening so there's a chance yeah i mean i i i certainly won't throw it out fully but i still have my doubts but I, i'm i'm glad to be wrong like you know oh yeah i, I love, love uh, him over in the few scenes we got yeah exactly so i i want him to be x-men's quicksilver and i think that could add to some interesting conversations with wanda so make it happen but i understand that it won't happen so yeah that's yeah. the news of the week yeah, that's the news of the week, which brings us to the comics of the week. Uh, so, so the comics of the week. Um, let's start with Shazam because it's kind of just very fillery. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Shazam real, is a real quick. Issue. We should just say uh, the the three comics that we have this week are Shazam number twelve, Batman Superman number nine, and Aquaman number fifty nine. But yeah, anyways, go back to Shazam. Yeah. So. Uh, so Shazam is not written by Jeff Johns this week. It's written by uh, Jeff Loveness, I believe is his first name. Uh, the guy Loveness. He's done some Superman issues here and there, and he's done a little bit of DC work. Uh, he wrote this issue of Shazam. It's pure filler. Uh, like if you if you read it, like it even says like this takes place before Shazam number one. Because if you remember the last issue of Shazam, it was like this big standoff with the monster society and all that. So. We were like ready for it, and then it's just like, well, this is before Shazam number one. Yep. Um, it, it actually turns out to be a pretty nice issue, despite being very fillery. I just I feel like it needed it. to take place somewhere else. Like, this could have been an annual. I was about to say, yeah, this is definitely like an annual issue. Like, you can skip this issue and not be confused at all. That being said, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I, I enjoyed it. It's, 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 a, it's a pretty nice story. I actually think the combination is pretty cool. So, uh, essentially, Shazam and uh, Freddy are hanging out, and... Uh, Freddy says that Shazam's villains suck when he's fighting a uh, croc in a suit. And uh, he's like, my villains don't suck. I have Black Adam and Savannah. And he's like, and who else? A worm that wears glasses. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I mean, he's not wrong. Shazam, you know, besides those big two hitters, he doesn't really have a huge rose gallery. I don't so, mind Mr. Uh, Mind. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mind's okay, but he is a worm with glasses. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, uh, so the issue is him deciding to go to Gotham city because he wants to up his rose gallery and who's got a great rose gallery, Batman. So that was a, uh, interesting plot point. Uh, he, he gets the way to Gotham and he sees scarecrow and he tries to fight scarecrow, but fear toxin galore, uh, Batman ends up kind of saving him and they have like a nice talk afterwards. Um, I, I just find it interesting that, you know, Bruce Wayne never got to be a boy and Shazam is, 
you know, the idea of growing up too fast. Oh, like, yeah, that, I don't know. That, that makes for like kind of an interesting combo. Mm-hmm. Especially because like I, I kind of feel like Billy is around the age of where Bruce was when his parents died. He's a bit older. I think in the comics, I mean, right now, older, he's but... fifteen. So oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't. I know that like Bruce was like nine. I always thought he was like you know, like fourteen or so. Yeah, I think he might be fourteen. I, I'm pretty sure he's fifteen though. He's a little bit older than Damien. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know much. But but uh, re- regardless, um, I don't know. I thought it was like a pretty nice issue about that. Like kind of Bruce talking to him about, you know, being yourself and I don't know, being a boy. Don't I, I, rush. I thought it was kind of cool. Because yeah, Bill, Billy's kind of all upset that like, oh, I don't have like a rogues gallery like you. I, I don't really know if I deserve these powers. I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to have it. Yeah. And Bruce is just like, just... It like it like kind of turned into like a stupid joke with Freddy, like from a stupid joke with Freddy to kind of like a uh, issue with self confidence, which I thought was like an interesting topic that comics don't usually tackle. Mm-hmm. And I like how Bruce isn't strict with Billy; he's very calm and he's trying to join the conversation, yeah. which makes sense because I mean, Bruce, look how many Robins he had, and they all started as kids. Yeah. So it makes sense that Bruce Wayne would be good with children. So yeah, and then and then there's a nice moment at the end where he's like, uh, "You team team up with Superman." He's like, "No, Superman teams up with me." I don't know. It's like you know, it's cheesy Batman. It's like the guys online love it, but I don't know. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good line, especially because it's with Billy. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. it makes Billy cheer up a little bit too. Yeah, so uh, pretty enjoyable issue. But Hunter's right, uh, extremely skippable. I would still rate it like an eight out of ten because I enjoyed it and I thought the art was really nice. But yeah, not not necessary if you're reading the series. Yeah, pretty much. Um, did you read Batman Superman this week? I did read Batman Superman. What what did you think of the issue? Dark? <laughs> like dark dark little plot going on, especially that first page. Or yeah, yeah, the very first panel. I should say it's a it's a hand, like an arm of a person where their veins have been replaced with wires. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a little dark. It's a little different from the last arc. Uh artist is different on this. For the most part this felt like a Batman issue. Rather than anything, yeah, it's very Batmany. It's a Batman talking to a character called Atomic Skull. Atomic Skull kind of panics the whole time, and he doesn't know what to do. He's not in control of his powers, and eventually blows up. So yeah, the parts that I actually did like the most were uh, the only interaction between Batman and Superman, where Superman he sees Batman covered in rubble, and kind of he starts to dig Batman out. And Bruce's first thing is, "Took you long enough." So, I like how Bruce, as soon yeah. as he gets like hit under rubble, he just is waiting for Clark to show up. So, uh, I mean, it was okay. I didn't like it that much. I will say I do prefer yeah. the last few arcs. It's, it's kind of another one that kind of felt fillery, you know, like after a few big arcs. like It's kind of just like, all right, here's a little, you know, buffer period. Because you had some really good arcs between the Batman and Laughs. And then right after that, you had Roz and Zod, which ended up being really, really good, that arc. And then yeah, surprisingly, because kind of... I thought it was a kind of a wacky concept, but it ended up being good. Yeah, I, I like that arc mostly because Zod and Roz, they weren't like, oh, we're like Batman and Superman, but evil. They dis- they disagreed with each other over everything, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean... Which is how it should be when villains team up. I mean, they're both, you know, ego guys. Yeah, exactly. I understand team-ups like Legion of Doom, but in the end, Roz and Zod, although they're kind of opposite to Batman and Superman, they both disagree with pretty much everything of their ways. 
Yeah. I thought the issue was okay, though. Batman Superman. Yeah. Yeah, I give it like a 7. Yeah, yeah I was thinking like 6.5. Yeah, maybe 6.5. Aquaman, however, was good this week. <laughs> Aquaman, Aquaman was very good. Uh, it's always nice to see Orm, of course. Mm-hmm. Ocean Master plays I, a big part in this issue. I also thought the artwork was like pretty perfect in this issue. Like it felt very Aquaman-y. Like, like when I when I think of Aquaman in my head, I kind of think of like the Ivan Reese, you know, New Fifty Two. It it felt like it had those vibes. Oh, definitely. The art is completely different, but it definitely these this artist suits Aquaman so well, so well. Yeah. So I mean, the water looks amazing. You see sharks in this. You see motion blurs. They're going fast. Uh, just the hair underwater, just kind of floating around. This art is yeah. really good. And this whole issue is basically just an argument <laughs> too, between yeah. uh, Arthur and Orm. Arthur thinks that his newborn daughter has been kidnapped by Ocean Master, and Ocean Master is denying it. And we even get some kind of heart-to-heart. Ocean Master is saying that he's no longer a villain. Like, he, he's kind of started his own little kingdom by himself of, like, refugee yeah. people. People that live underwater, like Atlanteans and Zabellians, but are sick in a way or infected by something. Ocean Master has been helping them. He's been finding the homeless and giving them a place to stay, a purpose in life. And so, in the end, he's actually a really good guy. Until the end. (laughs) Of course, until the end, because he's Orm. Yeah, so he ends up... It's revealed at the end that he actually did have one of his people kidnap Arthur's daughter, for whatever reason. Uh, We don't know the reason yet. I I still don't... Like, why is her name Andy? (laughs) Yeah... I mean, come That's on. That's kind of a terrible name. What would you name her, though? I mean... I mean, if it's going to be Andy, at least Andy with an I. Andy with a Y is like a guy's name. <laughs> yeah. I don't like... I mean, I kind of understand because it's like... Oh, I don't understand at all. I was going to say sounds like Arthur. I don't, I don't understand that. I, I, I just don't think it's good. Andy Curry. This is the name This is the name that Aquaman went under when he like lost his memory. Like, it's stupid. I mean, Arthur was named... Ar- Aquaman was named Arthur after King Arthur, which makes sense. He's a king. Yeah. Andy was named Andy I, I just because know, it's like a very unique name, like Mara. Like I don't know. I feel like it could have been like a cool like mix of like, uh, of like Atlantis and Zabellian. I don't know. The, the, I feel like they just could have been cool things. We gotta we gotta ask World of Mara Simone to do a post about this. Like, what would you have named Aquaman's daughter? Yeah, not Andy. <laughs> yeah, not Andy. I might make that post actually. Sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. Take take the post, Hunter. That's fine. I might. Do I just that, yeah. I, I want answers. I want someone to come up with a better name. Yeah, I mean, when you're naming child of a dc or just a superhero in general you kind of have to make it stick in a way i mean superman's son john damian wayne yeah giant irie west john kent john is named after clark's father john so that makes sense damian i mean damian's just the name but it it fits his character i mean it's a it's a boy (laughs) well in this case it's irie's named after Irie's named after Iris West. Jai is named kind of after Jay, but it's like a uh, Asian twist on it. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's, you know, the name should have purpose and meaning, not Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the whole time, it's funny because this whole issue is Arthur like, where's Andy? And Ocean Master's like, Andy? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I mean, he's not disgusted by the name. He's more disgusted over the idea of Andy being gone. Even though he's the one who did it. I do like the little heart to heart and callback to the Murrah series. Where Orm talks yeah. about having his own child, not of blood, but he is my son. Where in the Mura series, Ocean Master goes to the land and actually lives with a woman and falls in love with her, who she has a son, and ends up 
being like the father of that son because the father wasn't around for him and starts to raise this kid yeah. as his own in a way. And it's not like a like a role, like he's just doing this to blend in. He actually does love this boy a lot, so. Yeah. I like how he brings that little heart to heart, even though we get a silent panel afterwards of yeah. Arthur just looking at him. <laughs> like, huh? Do you, uh, the, the uh, Orm family, were they left alive at the end of the Mara series? They weren't dead, right? No, they weren't dead. Uh, the wife. You just like didn't want to see him anymore? Yeah. Exactly. The wife said, told Orm that, so, no, it's either Atlantis or me, and Orm chose Atlantis. But in the yeah. end, he thinks that. I, I, I would love to see a, you remember in X-Men Apocalypse, Magneto, like, retires, and he's hiding away with his family, and he's, like, li- living, like, a regular blue-collar job, not using his powers. Yeah. Like, I would love something like that, because I think that would really fit Orm, and it could work for, like, an Orm series of, like, him trying to live a normal life of being haunted by Atlantis. Like, no matter how many times that he would try to escape Atlantis, like, y- you can't leave. Yeah, because he's Especially, royalty. like, when you're... Yeah, like, like when you're royalty, like, he, there's no way out. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of story to be told there. There is a lot of story to be told there. That's a good idea, actually. That's a really good idea. Yeah, like I like I love I love the idea of like trying to live a normal life, and I like I I love that scene in X Men Apocalypse when uh, they find out he has powers, like how the people turn against him. Oh, mm-hmm. so interesting. It is very Magneto's so cool. <laughs> and this always turns into me saying how Magneto's cool, but yeah. <laughs> no matter what the story is, and I can see no, that no matter what the story the is, I, ha- I have to say you know Superman Secret Identity is cool and Magneto's cool. You know I got to bring up my main topics. I mean, right now, but this... I, I do think it could work for Orm. I think I think Orm and Magneto are very similar, and I think like if they were to do a DC and Marvel crossover, they should definitely cross over. Ooh, that's a good idea, actually. Having them just talk, because they both, in the end, yeah. they are mostly bad people, but with good intentions. Like they're doing what they think is yeah, yeah, Orm exactly. is doing what... exactly. They, they they have good intentions, but they have odd ways of getting to them. Which, oh, yeah, Magneto is doing what he thinks is right for mutants. Orm is doing what he thinks is it's, right it's, for It's Atlanteans. also, I, I, I've always said that uh, Namor would be a great crossover for uh, Ocean Master because they're so similar. Yeah, they're both failed kings in a way. Dictators in some point of view towards their people, but they think they are the right person for the job, even though they're clearly not. <laughs> at times yeah but exactly. it seems like worm does still want the throne he wants to take it from arthur even though he's being nice to arthur he wants arthur to be more of a brother than an enemy but that's yeah. not all this issue goes over too there's a little aqua aqua lad arc that i really liked where it's kind of continuing after a uh, year of the villains where black manta got a giant manta ship uh that could like yeah has like artificial intelligence inside i really like the art of yeah, the mecha uh, manta aqualad finding it and pulling it out of the ocean how it's like there's moss on it like it's been underwater for a long time and they're able to find it yeah so it's really cool and aqualad uses his intelligence to find where black mantis hiding so that the it makes me say that where it's an it's an ocean master arc but it's also a black manta arc i feel like those characters are very different but work together when colliding in the same story so oh yeah uh aqualad tells black manta you have something i need it's very important a little girl's life may depend on it so i'm going to have to ask you to give it to me please and black manta listening says what's in it for me what does black manta have yeah <laughs> it's been a while i can't remember if we yeah i don't know what he yeah do we, i was wondering that the whole issue do we, do we have that revealed already what he has 
this is the first Aquaman issue since the delays. So yeah, so I have no idea. I don't know. He never said. uh... Yeah, Aqualad. I'm just gonna skim through this issue here. He never says it. He just say. My grandfather was a treasure hunter just like my father, so maybe he just thinks that Black Manta has it? Or... Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting, though. I'm, I'm excited for the next issue. This whole story is good. How it's colliding several different stories in one, but they all fit together very well. I like it. It's a good yeah, story. De- yeah, definitely. I agree. Mm-hmm. I give it like a 9. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm probably closer to eight, but I, I did think it was an enjoyable issue, and uh, yeah, anytime we get Orm, I'm uh, very happy. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I realized like why I like Orm because he's DC's Magneto. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was like your favorite Marvel character, one of your favorite Marvel characters. Oh, he's ever, great. So that makes sense. Yeah, these they're probably the most similar to both series. I should make a post about that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the episode. <laughs> Yeah, that's the episode. So uh, happy two years. We're very yeah. happy to be around. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, this was, this was a fun week to talk about comics. I'm excited for what comes next week. I know we have Batman number 92 next week, which is going to have another first appearance. I forget which character, but Tinian is basically trying to make bank off his uh, comps. I think you know he gets like thir- he gets 13 issues of the Batman issue when he when he makes one. So I think he's just trying to make bank. I, yeah. I don't blame him. I mean, he's smart. We're living in a pandemic yeah. right now. He's he's being the smartest person out there. <laughs> he knows what he's I mean, doing. I even I even said to Hunter, like, damn, I might have to get two copies of uh Batman ninety two since uh since it's looking to be so valuable. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably gonna do the same thing. And even then, like these new characters, they're not even like throwing characters. This is the reason they're so popular. And they work. Like I think Punchline, although we don't really know much about her, I think she's gonna work very well as a character. She's basically it's definitely Harley. it's definitely an interesting concept. She's basically Harley Quinn before New 52 started, and Harley became more of a hero. It, it, well, exactly, and I think that's why people are excited. That's why I'm excited for her. So, yeah, looking forward to it. So, uh, ne- ne- next week should be interesting. I-, I forget what else we have, but Batman number 92 is definitely. We might have oh, a I think we have another Flash well. issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. we, yeah, we might. Yeah, we might have a guess, but I think we have another Flash issue, so we could see what is Paradox's plan. Oh, wait, did you get the new Flash issue? Uh, 755. <laughs> no, my store didn't have it this week. No, my store never had oh, it. Oh, still didn't have it? Wow. Yeah, I might have to buy online. So I, so I, guess, so I guess next week you're going to have to, you'll have uh, two in a row to read. Yeah, probably. If it is coming out next week, so I definitely will. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But yeah, yeah we're getting. It was a good issue, and I'm really Comics are back. I mean, Daredevil's coming out pretty soon. I think Strange Adventures 2 is coming out. I don't think next week, but I think the week after that. And when, I think it's less than a month that Three Jokers comes out. I think. Yeah, and, and I believe. Metal 2 is coming out soon as well. Yeah, we have a lot of big things coming out here. Yeah, huh. so... Uh, this ups- these next few episodes are going to be busy here. But yeah, thanks yeah, for listening. They, they, will, they will be. Uh, yeah, yeah, so for thanks, thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll... Yep, yep. See, I have a guest. And uh, yeah, if you're listening on uh, iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review or whatever you think we're worth. I would hope you think we're worth five stars. Uh, for a Hero Story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Two years.